what are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we got to break down that fantastic Zach Gallen start against the Kansas City Royals. And then Nash Walker, communications coordinator and broadcaster for the Reno Aces, hops on the podcast to break down some Reno Aces prospects. For the D-backs like Tommy Henry, what can he do for the rotation? Is Brandon Fott ready to be called up? And so much more on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, thatmyportfolio.com. I'm going to see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast every day without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. And one of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked On Diamondbacks YouTube channel. But for today's podcast before we talk to nash walker of the reno aces we first got to talk about game three against this kansas city royals because the d-backs were able to get back on track get back to their winning rays winning ways we're trying to win like the rays we're not there yet but d-backs are now 14 and 12 8 and 6 at home and most importantly they're back to being in first place in the nl west ahead of the dodgers because the dodgers lost to the pittsburgh pirates today who are one of the hottest teams in major league baseball might i add i might have not i might not have called you know this 18 and 7 star or whatever it is for the pittsburgh pirates but if you go back and listen to my preseason podcast i did say smash the over on the pirates entering the season because i thought they had more talent than a lot of people expected and i thought they were going to be a mid 70s win team and so i did like the over on the pirates to start the year i just didn't think they were going to be this hot to start the season so d-backs now back in first place and if you look at it on the year how their series have broke down they're four two and two on the season so they won four series lost two series and have tied two series but not against the kansas city royals where the d-backs take two out of three and the d-backs offense did not do much in game three in this series finale because they were only able to muster up six hits had actually more strikeouts than base hits in this game only two for five runners scoring position even saw guys like corbin carroll be thrown out trying to steal a base which is not something i thought i would ever see corbin carroll's numbers now though 311 374 556 that's his current slash line corbin carroll will win the nl rookie of the year but he's not going to be the only d-back taking home an award this season because after corbin carroll gets announced as rookie of the year we're going to get an announcement for cy young because zach gallon is making his cy young case right now because once again he was mowing down opposing batters like he was cutting down his grass or something to that effect 
insert whatever analogy or metaphor you want because gallon some people call him the milkman that term is a little outdated i call him my prime delivery driver because once again zach gallon delivered pitched into the seventh six and a third four hits 12 strikeouts and no earned runs which means zach allen is now up to 28 scoreless innings if you can believe that because zach allen is looking like the best pitcher in baseball and i just want to take the next couple minutes to just go over some insane zach gallon stats during this streak that he's currently on so let's just talk about first of all just the last four starts for zach allen during the scoreless streak seven innings Three hits, no runs, one walk, 11 Ks, 6.2 innings hit, 6.2 innings pitch, two hits, no runs, no walks, 7 Ks, seven innings pitch, two hits, no runs, no walks, 11 Ks, 6.1 innings pitch, four hits, no runs, no walks, 12 Ks. So over his last four starts, one walk pitched into at least the seventh in all four starts and double digit strikeouts in three of the last four. Zach Gallon is insane. Struck out a season-high 12 batters in today's game. He has now 28 scoreless innings, as I mentioned. And during his streak of scoreless innings, 41 strikeouts to just one walk during that span. And he leads all MLB pitchers currently in strikeouts. Insane numbers by Zach Gallon. I think I even have a couple more numbers. Um, Let me see. I got a little spreadsheet here with a whole bunch of Zach Gallon numbers. How about this one? Seven innings pitch and two hits or fewer allowed since 2019 in the regular season. Zach Allen has the most with 11. Number two, Verlander with nine. And uh, Garrett Cole, number three, with nine as well. Seven innings plus or at least seven innings of scoreless innings pitch in a start. Zach Allen has 14 starts since 2019 with at least seven scoreless innings. Tied with him is Sandy Alcantara, and then third is Zach Wheeler. So Zach Gallon with some really notable company because, I mean, when you're doing the things that Zach Gallon is doing, it's insane. And he's also the only MLB pitcher in the modern era to have a four-start span with 40-plus strikeouts, no runs allowed, and a whip under .5. Like, like, like that's the most impressive thing about Zach Gallon. Not just the fact, excuse me, not just the fact that he doesn't give up earned runs. He also just doesn't give up base hits, and he also doesn't walk people. So it's like a two-hit, no-run, no-walk, double-digit strikeout game. Like, he's just electric right now, and he's insane. And in the month of April, remember, he did have one start where he gave up a couple runs. In the month of April, over 33 innings pitch, a 109 ERA, a .61 whip. Uh, opponents are batting 157 against him, 44 Ks to two walks in the entire month of April. Zach Allen is a man on a mission is a man on a mission and I think that mission is to win the Cy Young and of course make the postseason as well for the D-backs and the D-backs do make the postseason I mean he will probably be not just the Cy Young award winner for this D-backs team not just the Cy Young award winner for Major League Baseball but he will be the MVP of this D-back squad not MVP for the entire Major League Baseball sport but for the D-backs I think Zach Gallen is the most important player you have I think second is probably Corbin Carroll with the numbers that he puts up but knowing every fifth day like your guy is pretty much if you get one run you're going to win the ball game because Zach Gallen doesn't give up any runs so as an offense you're like if we get one two runs this game is over as long as the bullpen is able to shut it down and that's the other positive thing from this game bullpen was able to 
was able to shut it down because Scott McGolf was able to help Zach Gallon out in the seventh with only seven pitches, six strikes. Great job by McGoff, who's heating up a little bit. Nice couple outings recently for McGoff. Miguel Castro, I think, is elite right now for the D-backs. He got it done. Got the hold, and then Andrew Chafin. Again, we get a little bit dicey sometimes in the ninth inning, but Andrew Chafin was able to get it done as well for the D-backs, and just a good finale. Would like to see the offense show up a little bit more. Marte was 0 for 3. Do like Emmanuel Rivera just came in, got called up, made a season debut in game two, and just has been red hot for the D-backs since being called up. I do like that. I think Guriel has been playing really well recently. I think he's swinging a nice bat. And I do think it's interesting that Jose Herrera, I think he's caught like the last three Zach Allen starts, including today. Like Jose Herrera seems to be the guy catching for Zach Allen. Those two have to seem those two seem to have a really good chemistry going. And if Zach Allen's going to be 12 strikeouts, no earned runs, pitch into the seventh every game with Jose Herrera, he could stay back there for as many Zach Allen starts as he wants this year. So D-backs get back on track. Zach Allen looks phenomenal. And the D-backs are coming for one of those wild card spots. Maybe. We'll see. And if you ever need any help, like Zach Gallon is helping the D-backs right now, but maybe you need help and you need to talk it out with somebody. You need to talk your issues out with somebody. Then you need to check out better help because I'm someone that's definitely benefited from therapy in the past. I like having someone to talk to and let my you know, just issues I have going on in my life out with somebody else that's like, you know, non-biased and it's just not a constant in my life. Like I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about some of the issues with my mom. So it's nice to have that stranger to talk to um, some issues going on in your life with somebody. So that's why I use BetterHelp because getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process and Everyone is growing and changing, and that's why I think therapy is so good because it's all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash lockdown. That will be today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on MLB. And don't forget, don't miss any D-backs pitches when you tune into your hometown broadcast on the Sears XM app. Just look up and search Diamondbacks on the app. And joining us now, we got the communications coordinator and broadcaster for the Reno Aces. He's coming on basically every couple of weeks now to break down the minor league system, talk about prospects, a whole bunch more. We got Nash Walker with us, of course. How are you doing today, buddy? Miller, it's good to be back, man. So fun last time. Great reviews, up and down. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm excited to be back. Yeah, of course. Who's not going to love Nash Walker? Already <laughs> former host of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Now we got him in Reno doing the work on the ground, covering these D-backs prospects, and it's just so helpful, really. And last time we talked, I'm not too sure. I think the Reno Aces might have been like a below 500 team, but now I'm looking at the standings. They're 11-11. and 11. What's going on with the Reno Aces? Are they hot? Who's looking good for them right now? 
Yeah, so last week in in Salt Lake, Millard, we got four straight quality starts. And here are the names for you. Tommy Henry. Okay, we like that. Blake Walston. All right. Brandon Fott. All right. Blake Tony. Four straight quality starts. And then Tyler Gilbert comes out in game two on Saturday, struck out six. So the pitching was outstanding in Salt Lake. And that's a lineup with Joe Adele. You know, that's a lineup that has David Fletcher. Like, that's a legit lineup. And they shut them down. And then Salt Lake went out last night. I think they scored 13. So it kind of shows like the Aces were pitching extremely well. And then uh, Dominic Fletcher, David's brother, has been unreal for the last like two weeks now. He's gotten it going out of the leadoff spot. Uh, so he's been great. And then Philip Evans, Buddy Kennedy, Emmanuel Rivera got called up. So it sucks yeah. to lose him. I'm happy for him. Um, but like Philip Evans and Buddy Kennedy and Dominic at the top of the order are just unbelievable right now they're so locked in and philip evans is like 26 for his last 52 or something insane so he's just been automatic uh but yeah they're pitching extremely well the, the bullpen has been mostly good last night was rough but today was was much better they won 13 to 4 today uh and fought was good again so it's just the pitching and dominic fletcher out of leadoff spot i would say are the two things that have changed most from two weeks ago yeah, it's just tough for me to get excited about Philip Evans just because you click on his profile and you see that age 30 right next to him. And you're like, all right, I mean, he's 30 years old killing minor league pitching. Like, I hope he would be able to do that at right. this of his career, you know. And I sure, I imagine as a broadcaster, you guys just pound that Dominic and David Fletcher story over and over on the broadcast, bringing up that they're brothers. But, yeah, for sure. You mentioned that rotation. I mean, we've had some rotation news over here on the major league level with the D-backs, you know, DFAing Madison Bumgarner. He's gone. They're paying him to go away. So now that opens up a rotation spot. And I guess I'll start with Tommy Henry, who just had a good start most recently for you guys. Just made a start with the D-backs. He was, uh, you know, a little shaky. All right. But what do you like about Tommy Henry? What can we expect from him going forward? I mean, we already got one taste and one start. But like when you view him as a major league player, like what do you think his seal? is like do you think of him as like a real long-term piece in the rotation or do you see him as maybe a back-end rotation starter more of a long reliever spot starter for a team well i like i think for him the key is just pounding the zone and that's so simple to say for for any starter right any young starter mm-hmm. but i think for him specifically when he's pounding the zone it's a super uncomfortable at bat for anybody and i think you saw that a little bit against the royals the other night and mm-hmm. we've seen it in reno many times like many times i know last year he did it he's done it this year when he's commanding the ball, you know, he's he's not going to bump up in the mid-90s with his fastball. He's going to be, you know, 92, 93 in that range, and that that's okay. He's still an uncomfortable at-bat. He can get in on righties. He's tough on lefties. I think Tommy Henry, yeah, has a mid-rotation ceiling. I think he has, like, he's smart. He understands. I think he makes changes. Like, he makes tweaks. He's good at that, and that's that's something that we kind of undervalue. I think when, when you evaluate on the show, or I used to evaluate like pitchers, it matters how they, how they view pitching, how they adapt to new information. I think Tommy is somebody who I would bet on uh, to, to have a major league career. Even if the stuff is not like, doesn't mm-hmm. jump off the page. It's not premium level stuff. I think he has mid rotation level upside. Yeah. Cause I like Tommy. I just don't know if I view him as like, someone that's going to be like on the front lines of your rotation, right? right? Like I think he could have a major league career and be a pretty solid veteran for a long time, but I don't think he's someone that's like changing the culture of your franchise or like, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's, and it's easier to get excited about guys who you think have that front line upside. Yeah. But I think for the D backs like you got a superstar, number one starter, you know, mm-hmm. Zach Gallon. So for me, like thinking about the diamondbacks, 
it, it's very valuable to just pump out number threes and number fours, especially because mm. they have Gallon and they have Gallon. I think three more years, two or three more years. Yeah. So you have Gallon, you can pump out number threes, number fours, and fill up the back of the rotation with guys who are going to give you a chance to win. And you got Gallon every fifth day, and maybe one other guy comes out of there, you know, and all of a sudden you got a great rotation. So I think it's valuable to have threes and fours. Like if you can pump as many as possible, you're going to have injuries, you're going to have things that happen. And having Gallon is is like an ace in the hole every fifth day. So, yeah, I think Tommy has that within him for sure. Yeah, and I haven't even talked about Gallon start yet today, but just another fantastic start <laughs> yeah, by Gallon so today. Another just fin just looking um insane out there. And honestly, I gotta do my little Cy Young tracker. Yeah, no question. No question. We're tracking with him, and also for Tommy Henry, it's like we also have to look at it through the prism of. He's being he, he's replacing Madison Bumgarner, who was like a negative player for your team, has been a negative player for your team the last four years. So it's like whatever Tommy Henry gives us, if he goes five innings and four earned runs every start, like that's way better than whatever yeah. line Mad Bum was giving us entering every start. So it's like I can't get too upset at Tommy Henry because it's going to be better results than anything that we had before. Um, I'm just doing like a quick look at like a look up and down this roster right now for the Reno Aces because last time I know we talked about Blaze Alexander and his stats are still looking phenomenal, but I only see nine games played for him. Is he someone that's like bouncing up and down between double A and triple A? Like why is he not getting more opportunity with the numbers that he's put up so far? No. So he, uh, he broke his thumb and ah. actually he broke his thumb the day that we recorded. So I said, remember he came out early and I was like, Oh, I hope he's okay. okay but he ended cool. up breaking his thumb. It was not a head cause he got hit in the head with a pitch and it actually deflected off his thumb. Uh, so his thumb's broken, which sucks because he's so yeah. fun to watch. And, you know, they've been at shortstop. It's been Jake Hager. You know, Duznak's gotten time at short. Diego Castillo started there today. Blaze, losing Blaze is a big hit for this lineup. They're still, you know, number, I think they're second in AAA and OPS uh, mm-hmm. as a lineup tomorrow. They'll probably be number one because they scored 13 runs today. So they've been able to rally around losing him. But, yeah, we don't know when he's going to be back. He's got a broken thumb, uh, which that sucks. I mean, it's it's brutal for him and but he'll be back soon hopefully yeah because he was someone that was interested in in spring training and then seeing the stats that he's put up so far with the reno aces i'm like this guy maybe he gets called up this year or next year but one guy who is playing like he has a broken thumb is seth beer right now whose numbers are not looking the best with the reno aces and he's someone that used to be really high on because he just raked at every level of the minor leagues hit a little small sample size with the d-backs when he first got called up raked on the major league level and then the very next season you had beer night he had the walk off the first couple weeks of the season he was fantastic and then he fell off after that for like the next 30 games he's been sent down to the minors and you look at his numbers this year and he's just never been able to reclaim that form and i just want to know like what's up with seth beer because this is someone that at least in the minor league level you're like this is a 300 hitter 900 plus ops guy he just smashes minor league pitching and he's not doing that anymore and it just seems like he might have lost his confidence a little bit so what do you see from seth beer at the plate of what's not working for him yeah, we Kevin and I talk about how like his Clemson days and, mm-hmm. and he's a superstar college bat, you know, up and down the minors, as you said. I actually didn't know that story that, you know, he raked when he first came up with the Diamondbacks. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. I, I I touch on this a lot on the broadcast. We did it again today. And I was every time it feels like Seth Beer gets a tough matchup. Like he continues to see lefties. The Aces have seen left-handed starters earlier in the season. They were seeing left-handed starters. It felt like almost every day. And he's just not going to hit in those matchups as much. You know, he's not going to. And that's true of most left-handed hitters, unless your name's Jordan Alvarez. But he he got tough matchups. And I do think, like, this is a slow start. He's hit the ball hard into outs as well. 
but yeah, like today, eight of the nine aces had a hit today, and like six guys had multi hits. Seth Beer was 0 for five. It feels like the the lineup around him is progressing, and and we're still kind of waiting for him to get going. But like you said, the track record is outstanding. I would bet last year he was third on the team in home runs. I think he was top three in in you know runs driven in OPS. You look a solid number. I think he's going to be okay. I think he's not going to hit 150 all year. You know, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's in a tough, tough spot right now. He's seeing a lot of lefties, but I'm hopeful that soon he'll be back. And once he is, like once he's getting going again, this lineup is going to be just terrifying. I mean, for anybody. You never know who's going to be here. But I think with him, like once he gets going, like Dom Fletcher's gotten going, because Dom also got off to a slower start, it's going to be exciting. And I believe that he will sooner rather than later. And he needs to play well if he wants to get back on the major league level just because you've got Christian Walker up there. Paven Smith has been swinging a hot bat for the D-backs. I just called up Emmanuel Rivera, still got Longoria. So they have a lot of dudes that could play that corner infield spot. So Seth Beer definitely needs to pick it up if he wants to be a good fit for the D-backs. And if you're looking for the right fit for your car, you need to check out, let me make sure I got the right overlay, eBay Motors. Because for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast. And like I was talking about, you know, no more Madison Bumgarner. Tommy Henry's the replacement right now. But there is one guy still with Reno who everyone wants to see get called up once we heard the Madison Bumgarner news. You already, of course, know who that is. Brandon Fott, you just mentioned how he had a great start this week. And I remember the last time we talked, I was looking at his numbers. You're like, yeah, playing in Reno's tough. He had like a five-something ERA. You're like, look, you can't look at the ERA. You just got to look yeah. at the names and see how they produce. But now I'm checking the stats again, Nash, and he's got like a 391 year ERA. He's got like 30 strikeouts and 25 innings. How has this guy looked over the last couple of weeks since we last talked? Yeah, so good. And today's a good example of why you can't scout the stat line because, okay. yes, he had three earned runs today, but there was a fly ball to left. I believe would have ended the inning. It was definitely an out, lost in the sun, and <laughs> it got by Dominic Canzone, bounced off the wall, and a run scored. So there's one. And then a check swing dribbler scored a run. It was an infield singles check swing on a slider that scored a run. And then the third run, he picked off the runner at first. And then the runner from third came home to score and the rundown from first and second. So those were his three earned runs today. Uh, But yeah, he like for him, the key. And and we touched on this last time is the secondaries. The fastball is going to play. He knows the fastball is going to play. He loves his fastball. He rides that fastball. He could throw his fastball hundred percent of the time and have a great start, you know, at triple a, he can do that. But once you get to the big leagues, 
it's not going to work. You can't throw 60, 70% fastballs unless you're the only guys who do that is like Carlos Rodon. Robbie Ray did it in his Cy Young season, two pitch left-handed fireballing pitchers. Mm-hmm. Brandon Potts right-handed. He's 93, 94. He can hump it to 95, but you can't live in the majors, especially throwing 60, 70% fastballs as great of a pitch as it is. Can't do it. So today, which was really, really encouraging should be for D backs fans. He's like getting ahead with sliders. He's getting ahead with changeups. He's, he's in the zone with his off speed stuff. He's dropping, he's getting swings and misses with the slider. And then that just makes his fastball even better. It's already an elite pitch. And then he's spotting up his slider and then he throws it out of the zone, gets a swing and a miss hitters are out in front. Cause they're out waiting for his fastball. And he's just in control. He was in control in salt Lake. He went seven scoreless struck out eight. And then today he pitched much better than that final line, you know, three earned runs, maybe one of them should have been earned. But I think for him, he just dominates when he starts. Like he controls the game, throws so many strikes. I'm interested to see, like, I want to see the fastball usage continue to come down. If I'm a D-backs fan, I want to see, hey, can you live throwing 40, 45% fastballs? Is that possible? Like, can you throw enough strikes with your off-speed stuff? Is it good enough secondarily to, to succeed that way? And I think for him, he just keeps getting better. He just keeps getting better with it. He knows that. You can tell he knows that. Uh, so yeah, I, I get it from D-backs fans. Like you're excited, yeah. to, ready to see him. Uh, I have fun watching him every fifth day. So would you think it's a little too premature to call him up right now? Would you keep him in the minor leagues and work on those secondary pitches a little bit longer? Because someone like Ryan Nelson, you could have said the same thing last year. He had it was really good in the three starts he had with the D-backs last year, but he was very fastball heavy. I think he threw like over seventy percent the pitches he threw were fastballs. Like he basically just had two pitches in his three starts last year. So in the offseason, that was something Brent Strom and him tried to really work on. You see, this season, like his fastball velo has been kind of shaky up and down. He's been working on those secondary pitches more. But he's just a little bit more inconsistent this year without his two go-to pitches. And we're trying to work and expand that arsenal. And he's still a work in progress. But you can still see those secondary pitches not as effective. And maybe his fastball is not as effective either as much because he's trying to work on those secondary pitches. So for a guy like Brandon Fat, do you think he just needs to keep working on those secondary pitches in the minor leagues till you're at a point where you feel really comfortable and confident with him on the major league level? Or you're like, you know what? He's been so dominant in the minor leagues. Let's just throw him in the fire and make him make those adjustments on the big league level. I think he's do. I think he's preparing now. I think the way that he pitched today, he's preparing for that. You know, if he pitches the way that he pitched today, I think he's going to be successful. I think if he throws his slider for strikes like he did, I think he's going to be ready to go. You know, and that's that's the thing. Like, once you get to the big league level, if you struggle, how quickly are you just going to scrap that? You know, because you're just you love the fastball. You know, your fastball is what got you here. That's that's what what, what got you to professional baseball. And like as far as he's come, is his fastball. So that's also a question. If it doesn't work, you know, if you if you hang a slider and it gets hit 500 feet in the big leagues in your first start. And you're like, oh man, that sucks. Like everybody's cheering against me. This is a whole different environment. Are you willing to go back to the slider? Are you willing to, are you going to just lean on your fastball hundred percent? That's, that's the thing that you wonder about with these young pitchers, but with him, he just attacks no matter what. And so I think he, uh, I think, yeah, I think he's getting ready for that opportunity. I think the way that he pitched today, understanding the mix that he probably needs, he's working on that. And I think he's getting ready to go 
Now, if someone like Brandon Fat was to hit the best case scenario of his career, hits his ceiling, what does that look like to you? Because we just talked about Tommy Henry. I gave my thoughts about how I view him more of a low end rotation guy, you know, maybe a long relief starter. But someone like Brandon Fat, I'm like, could this guy be a legit high end number three, a low end number two? Is he the missing link to put in that one two mix with the Zach Gallon and the Merrill Kellys? Then got Brandon Fott slided right in either ahead or behind Merrill Kelly. So, how do you view the best case scenario? of Brendan Fat's career so I'm gonna I I don't like the comps always but oh, okay. somebody yeah. he reminds me of now and I don't think I think the you know the ceiling's not capped but I'm gonna use a twin it's Joe Ryan a young okay. 25 I think he's 25 26 now fastball dominant and it's a great fastball you know it's great characteristics is 91 92 but he was a water polo player so he gets that angle on it very similar to Brandon Fott's fastball and their usage so he reminds me a lot of Joe Ryan and Joe Ryan right now is a low end two, high end three. You know, he's had a really nice start to the season. Mm-hmm. I think for fought like at his peak, he could be, if he could potentially add like a mile an hour on his fastball, that would be big. And I wouldn't put that past Brent Strom at all. And he's getting, yeah. you know, Fott's getting, he's getting older, but I think there's still room <laughs> for growth. He, uh, if he's, if he's doing that, I think he's 94, 95 with a great fastball cutting action. He can put it wherever he wants in the zone. And then if his slider takes a step to being plus, just one of those two, it doesn't have to be both, his slider or his changeup takes a step to being plus, I, I would like it to be the slider. I think as a, if you were a D-backs fan, just because you're going to see more right-handed hitters. But either one, like slider takes a step forward, that's a plus pitch. Yes, I think he can be a frontline starter. That That's the question, though. Like, is, is, there, is this it with the fastball? Can he get more velo? Is there something else he could do with the shape? And then if he can take one step further with the slider, make that a plus pitch, he's going to be a frontline starter today. I mean, he eats innings, man. Like mm-hmm. he just eats innings. He gets deep and feels like every start he's in the sixth today. He got, he got into the fifth and he was only at 80 something pitches. I think he could have gone out there, uh, but it's early. So, but he, every time feels like he gets deep, so many strikeouts, he just racks them up and he's, yeah, he's a really good triple a pitcher who I think can has the, has the ability to be a frontline starter. And he's big too, isn't he? Like six, yeah, big, strong, works quick, throws strikes. He just pounds the zone. We've seen a lot of walks, Miller. Mm. A lot of <laughs> walks, not with him. Like he just pounds the zone, and that Joe Ryan does the same thing with his fastball. Just fills the zone wherever they, wherever you want to throw it. Fought is the is the same way. Yeah, and Joe Ryan, that's a good comp. I mean, most people, when they do comps, they pick out some, like, Rand, you know, Hall of Famer. Oh, he could be Randy Johnson or something. Like, (laughs) Joe Ryan's a very, like, you know, tame comp to use. I think that one will definitely go over well. Yeah, and Joe, like, dominated the minors, destroyed the minors because of his fastball, and he was throwing his fastball a ton, and then he had to adjust, and he's adjusting this year. And I think the same thing for Fott. How how is he going to adjust to major league hitters being much better? You know, that's, that's the key. And I know everyone is just so excited to see Brandon Fott. The day he gets called up will be super tantalizing for D-backs fans. But Nash Walker, before we head out today, where can the D-backs listeners find you on social media? You know, where can they listen to the broadcast, wherever? What do you want to plug? Yeah, so you can listen to the broadcast on Bally Live. Um, I'm on all nine innings for home games. I do play by play four, five, six, and uh, Fott's usually pitching into those middle innings because he's a he's a dog. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Bally Live at Nash Walker Nine on Twitter. Uh, yeah, and follow Miller too, for sure for D backs whatever yeah. you're looking for. Yeah, appreciate you, Nash. Thanks for hopping on another week, and I'll talk to you next time, sir. Thanks, Miller. You're the man.